0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's you doing? Ran out of space on my phone so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye singing dog. Bye goal.
1: I pronounce you. Bye
0: wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS, wireless, figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile Network. See store for details and terms and conditions.
1: You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Locked on Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Sam Eksterman, Sage Rosenfels with you on a Monday. This episode is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, one word, LOCKEDON at MyBookie.ag to get up to a 100% deposit bonus. It's Sam and Sage and uh, maybe the, the dulcet tones of Bernie the Bernadoodle in the background. I know he's with you, Sage, and we love when Bernie contributes to the show, so that's that's clutch. Hopefully he's got a prediction for tonight's game, but uh, how was your weekend?
0: I had a great weekend. I was in Chicago. Actually, when I was sort of taking off uh, yesterday, uh, I I saw that uh, I was at the airport, and Paul Allen and the crew were were just flying in uh, on the Vikings' plane, so uh, two ships passing the night. It's too bad they didn't play yesterday. I could have gone to the game with my daughters. I, I was there for a soccer tournament. This weekend. So it was perfect weather. Uh, so Chicago is a great city when the, when the weather's just right.
1: And I suppose the Cubs were playing Saturday there or Sunday? The Cubs played Friday
0: and Saturday, but they were in Washington. They played out of town, so we missed those, oh, missed those as well. That's so. right.
1: I was thinking that Chicago had home field, but they don't. No, the Nats were. I had the upper hand, though. So it's 1-1 in that series, right? It's going back to Chicago? That's
0: correct. That's correct. So instead I took my daughters to the uh, uh, science and in- Museum of Science and Industry yesterday. So try to, you know, try to educate those kids a yeah. little bit here and
1: there. Yeah, you can't go wrong in Chicago. There's just so much great stuff to do. There's football tonight, Vikings and Bears and we'll get into a prediction for that and we'll give our X factors for the game. But first let's take a look back at what happened yesterday in the NFL. A lot of interesting stuff Some devastating injuries for the Giants with Odo Beckham Jr. The Texans lose J.J. Watt, uh, which is tough to see because as a fan, you want as many good players on the field as possible. And to see those guys probably suffer injuries, in Watt's case, he's out for the year. And in OBJ's case, it seemed pretty bad as well. Maybe a broken ankle. That's tough to watch because those guys are integral to you know the, the visibility of this league, and to see the devastation when they go down, uh, that's difficult to watch.
0: Yeah, it's it's and it, that's why you know players sometimes, occasionally, hold out uh, or are disgruntled in their contract if they're on say like some sort of rookie deal. Uh, the window for NFL players is very very small, and uh, you you really have to go and try to make as much money as you can, for either old age. Uh, or many times in just in devastating injuries that could be career ending you know just on any play so those guys probably out for the year um, obviously the watts uh, you know injury that's two years in a row now he, last year he had, he had the back uh, issue so uh you know tough luck for the Texans so that that was a that was a fun game to watch yesterday Deshaun Watson is something else uh, he, he's really becoming a, 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 a an exciting young quarterback, and on the other end to well, with Odell Beckham, man, that Giants team is not fun to watch. They are uh, they are struggled in absolutely every aspect of the football team, but in, in particular on offense. The offensive line is probably the worst in football. Uh, so L- D- Odell Beckham will be sorely missed in New York, but I'm not sure if it will make a difference at this point. The Giants had five losses last year. They already have five losses this year.
1: Yeah, I think there's three winless teams remaining. You've got two teams you would expect, the 49ers, and uh, the Browns, if you said, well, the third team was the Jets or the Colts, you know, or the Rams, I, I might believe you. But no, it's the New York Giants, a playoff team from last year. So that that's very shocking, the way that offense has really digressed with uh, all the weapons they have. And now a lot of those weapons are on the shelf. Let's talk, though, about Green Bay-Dallas, because this game was the game of the day. It was billed as such, and it lived up to the billing. The quarterback play was out of this world. Aaron Rodgers, 3 touchdowns, no picks. Dak Prescott, 3 touchdowns, one interception. Back and forth at the end. Not a lot of defense there in the second half, but oh, it was a carbon copy really of the divisional round playoff game from last year and again, Green Bay comes out on top and I bet you're wishing you hadn't switched your pick at the last second, Sage. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and uh, as you said, back and forth, and and it reminded me a lot of last year's game. You know, two really good football teams, two good quarterbacks. Uh, Rodgers, there really was no doubt, right, that he was going to at least bring the the Packers down to a field goal uh, at the end and and obviously brought them down to a touchdown. And just to him describing uh, really those two throws at the end and the last two plays, the one that he missed and threw a little short, they're going to run another play. Then he, then they. He said, "Hey, let just just let's run the same play and, and give me a better ball." And of course, he throws this one absolutely perfect. Uh, the guy really is a magician out there. He is uh, the, the best thrower in the game, and maybe maybe the best thrower of all time. I mean, watching him throw a football is incredible. And and Dak Prescott in the other end, man, he's a lot of fun to watch too. And uh, the and the Cowboys have found you know in the fourth round their quarterback for probably the next dozen years.
1: Back to that final play with Rodgers throwing to Adams. Now, I didn't watch the game that closely. I had to kind of play catch-up later on. But Adams was targeted 11 times in the game, and he made seven receptions. So clearly, they liked something about Adams. Could could you tell if they were picking on one guy for Dallas, or was that just a mismatch they saw in that final play?
0: Yeah, that was just a mismatch. Uh, The the corner for the Cowboys, definitely shorter. Looks like he's a guy who's probably... 5'11 or something like that under, under 6 foot I would say and, and obviously Adams is pretty tall and lanky and uh, so yeah they seem to be getting Adams the ball more and more I mean he's really becoming uh, an integral part of this offense and, and what's, what's great I think it's a great news is that this comes two weeks after that brutal hit uh, by uh, when he was in Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, by trivia Nathan, just just a couple weeks ago, who who will not be playing tonight. Um, so uh, that that was actually nice to see. If, if you're just a football fan, to see somebody come back from really a nasty looking hit uh, to to make a great play.
1: So on one hand, the Packers are four and one now. If the Vikings win tonight, then they kind of control their destiny to to get back even in the division lead because they play Green Bay on Sunday. So the Vikings, if they rattle off two in a row, suddenly they're even with the Packers. If the Vikings lose tonight, then you're in some trouble because then you kind of look at it glass half empty and you say, well, if the Packers win next week, well, then we're three games back. So this division race could swing in the next six days here for the Vikings and Packers. Then the Cowboys are two and three. And I think they're one of maybe five pretty big disappointments in the NFL right now. And it's not like the offense has played badly, but... As we expected going in, we knew the defense had lost a lot of pieces in the offseason and they have not played well. They've lost shootouts now to the Rams and Packers. They're two and three. We've touched on the Giants, but you know, you've also got the Texans at two and three, the Cardinals at two and three, Chargers at one and four. Which bad record surprises you most at this stage?
0: Well the the Giants, uh, you would say, going into the season because they won 11 games last year. But when you watch them play, watch them play week one, I was like, "Wow, this is a bad football team." Or this is a, a particular on offense. I mean, they just um, Beckham wasn't playing at the time, I don't believe, and and uh, they were they the offensive mine, so bad. And, and I have this thing where I just I don't like uh, rooting for team not rooting for teams, but thinking teams are going to be good. Um, when their offensive lines aren't good. And I, I'm a big believer in offensive line play, and you sort of go as your O-line goes in, in many ways. And unless you have just a completely dominant defense, you're not going to get very far without a good O-line. So it's not super surprising after seeing that week one game that the Giants are 0-5. Um, it is surprising the pack or the, uh, the, the Cowboys are 2-3. I still think they're a very good football team. I still think they're going to make the playoffs. They've just run into some t- a couple tough losses. Their defense definitely is not as good as it was a year ago. They weren't a great defense last year but but they are below average right now. so that's that's the weakness of that football team and, and that, that's always concerning too. You know teams with, with, with average or below average defenses generally don't make it far uh, in the NFL playoffs as we get into postseason time.
1: So, are the Chiefs the best team in football? I mean, obviously the record says they are, but you know you do have the the Eagles four and one, the Packers four and one, the Panthers four and one. The AFC race is not it's not even close. I mean, you've got a bunch of three and two teams, and then the Chiefs. Uh, do you think they are becoming the favorite to come out of the AFC, maybe even ahead above New England?
0: Yeah, I think the Chiefs are the best team in football right now. Their defense is is really really good. Uh, they're much, their defense is much better than New England, and, and their offense is, is really multifunctional. I mean, they have so many good skill position players that can uh, really threaten you, know, whether it's a couple running backs and, and all the wide receivers that they have. And Ty- Tyreek Hill, uh, again, yesterday, uh, another uh, was a punt return uh, yesterday. So uh, he's, a, he's an explosive, explosive player, and they use him on, on offense as well. So they really have like sort of all three phases, offense, defense, and special teams, that they excel at, tonight. and I think Andy Reid's one of the best coaches in the league. He has been for you know 20 years now, and uh, and and they're making the most of, of of the players that they have on that football team. They've got a lot of good players in Kansas City, and they're very well coached.
1: Well, Sage, we make picks all the time on this show, including our picks on Friday, and I would have gone two and one against the spread in those picks. Missed the Panthers, got the Packers, got the Jets, but it's not necessarily who you're picking. It's where you're betting. MyBookie.ag is the place to be. They've been in business for years. Their rep is absolutely rock solid. And they do 100% cash bonuses. So immediately, you're making dough and you're doing nothing. Super fast payouts, just two business days. When you know who's going to win, lay down some cash and win big today. I only recommend services that have been good to me. So I recommend make your way to MyBookie for the in-game. Live betting, the most rewarding player perks, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering easy. My tip for tonight, and we'll get into the prediction officially in a second, but I would go Bears plus three and a half tonight. Bears plus three and a half. Even when the Vikings have won at Soldier Field in the last eight years, it's only been by three points. So take the points with Chicago, and you can use that tip by joining now and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus. Use promo code LOCKEDON, one word, LOCKEDON, to activate offer. MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. Okay, Kevin, for the grand prize of $1 million, what color is the White House? Um, I know this, I know this, I know this. Um... Five seconds. Oh, Switching to GEICO could save you a bunch of money on car insurance? Okay. Judges? That's true, Kevin. They'll and it. congratulations. You're a winner. Woo. GEICO, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. All right, Vikings and Bears tonight at Soldier Field. Vikings have only won twice there since 2002, I think the number is. It's been a terrible place for them to play. Uh, They get Sam Bradford back, allegedly. There have been some leaked reports saying that Bradford took most of the first team reps. And apparently Mike Zimmer in the ESPN production meeting said he plans on having Bradford play. So unless there's a setback prior to the game or the Vikings are playing some games with the media trying to throw the Bears off the scent, it looks like Bradford might be playing. I know you've said that you don't think it's a massive leap up from Keenum at this point. Uh, do, do you think this will provide maybe a boost for the Vikings at least and maybe give the Bears a little more pause about facing this Vikings passing game?
0: Well, yeah, Bradford's the better thrower. Uh, he's a much better thrower than Keenum. And, and not that Keenum's not a good thrower, but Bradford's extremely accurate. And the reason I like Case is because he, he, he does move around. He, he creates time. And I think right now, you know, as you watch all these NFL games and, and you watch Aaron Rodgers, you watch Dak Prescott yesterday, uh, you, 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 are Alex Smith. Uh, yesterday, you, you, these guys—they—they they move around a lot. They run around a lot. They go back in the pocket, and when one, two, and three aren't there, they're almost looking forward to creating something, you know, off schedule. And uh, and and Case Keenum does that, you know, particularly well. I think he does a good job of that. And and Sam does not do that well. So Sam is an executor in the pocket type of guy. Um, I think he's the quarterback you'd rather have, you know, at the end of the day. Uh, but I see advantages to having Case out there as well. So uh, ho- hopefully Sam is back tonight, and-, and hopefully he can play, you know, 80% as well as he did in week one. If he does that, I think the uh, the Vikings will win.
1: The scary part, I think, for Vikings fans has to be that, well, you've got a quarterback coming back from injury, so logically you want to establish the run, and you don't have your best running back anymore. So how is that going to work? And then on the Bears' side, well, obviously they're going to establish the run with their rookie quarterback, and they probably have a better running game. They have Howard and Cohen, who are going to be really tough to tackle. And I've done I've done a few deep dives on Cohen on pro football focus, and he's considered one of the most elusive backs in the game. He also lines up wide a lot. He'll be used in the passing game. He's a great weapon. So that's going to be the crux of it for me, and we'll get into our X factors. I think it's going to be the Vikings' linebacker's stopping Tariq Cohen in the passing game and in the open field because he's been targeted, targeted I think, the fourth or third most times of any running back in football. The Bears use him almost like a wide receiver. They don't have a lot of great wide receivers, so they they use Zach Miller, the tight end, a lot, and they use Tariq Cohen. And if the linebackers aren't tackling well, like they failed to do against Abdullah last week, then I think it's going to be a long night for the Vikings defense. Uh, what do you think for an X factor in this one?
0: I, well, I was thinking the exact same thing. I was thinking the linebackers with their matchups on the Chicago Bears running backs, in particular Cohen. Uh, more often than not, when you think linebackers, it's it's actually with, with running backs as far as matchups. You go with the middle linebacker, uh, you know, Kendricks, in, in this situation, so he is going to have his hands full tonight. You know, he's not a guy; he can run, and he can move, but this Cohen kid, uh, I think cornerbacks would have a hard time guarding him, you know, in man-to-man cover. So he's going to have uh, he's going to have to bring his lunch pail tonight, and he's going to have uh, his, his plate full and then some. So that is going to be a huge matchup all night, and I'm sure that the Bears will try to get him in one-on-one uh, situations, whether it's you know some sort of check down over the ball or it's something whether you know say, an empty set, and he has to walk out and, and play man-to-man and, and be one-on-one uh, with, with that running back for the Bears who is, who is explosive. He is good. Uh, he's got that Darren Sproles type thing. Uh, he is a mismatch for every team that he plays against this year.
1: Now, if you were game planning for a first-time rookie quarterback, would you blitz, fl- you know, send pressure and maybe allow some some openings in the secondary or do you rush four and then just keep everyone well covered and force him to throw into tight windows? Which way would you go? Uh-
0: Oh, I would blitz. I would blitz as much as possible. And as you said, it does leave up sometimes some some open windows in the secondary. Or, or but as long as you have everyone covered, uh, at least man-to-man coverage. I would bring I would bring as many confusing three-man front uh, blitzes, the double-A gap stuff. You know, bring double-A gaps and then guys off the edge. I would make things as confusing as possible for the rookie quarterback.
1: I think that'd be fun to watch if the Vikings do that tonight. You know, we've seen their exotic blitzes before. And if they can crack Trubisky and get to him, you know, they could really feast on that offensive line of the Bears. I think it's time that we give a prediction to this game. And since I've already given mine last Thursday on the crossover show, um, I'll give it again. And, you know, after all we've talked about, it doesn't make sense that I would say this, but there's been so many weird things over the years at Soldier Field. And this year, it's Mitch Trubisky playing his first game. You know, if this was Mike Glennon playing, I think I'd go Vikings in a heartbeat. But because of just the weirdness of a first-time quarterback, you don't know what to expect, prime time, team's going to be fired up. Maybe this Vikings offense, maybe they're kind of stuck where they were last week. There's just something in me, and maybe it's just years of being haunted at Soldier Field, Tells me that the Vikings will lose by a seventeen to fourteen score, and I hope I'm wrong.
0: I have the Vikings uh, winning in this game. I'm, I'm being hopeful, as you said, we, they they've they won, they won twice since two thousand and two or something. So uh, I'm having the Vikings going to win this game. It's going to be low scoring. I'm going to go with a, a strange score, nineteen uh, to thirteen, is what I'm going to have for a score in this football game.
1: Vikings. A lot of good field goals. Kai Forbath, fantasy owners would be very happy.
0: Yeah, well, the Vikings got a good defense, and I, I you know, if if Trubisky comes out and scores, you know, forty points, we, we shall see. But I, I don't think he'll score a lot of points, and and uh, I think that the Vikings will move the ball per usual, maybe score a touchdown or two, maybe get a safety somewhere in there, uh, and a field goal. So I'm going with nineteen to thirteen.
1: Real quick, just because I mentioned Forbath, he's now missed a kick in 3 of the 4 games. At what point do you think the leash runs out? You know, last year with Walsh, he missed, I think 4 kick or like 5 kicks in 8 games or something and then they brought in guys for workouts and they eventually replaced him. When does that happen with Forbath and and do you think it matters the weight of the kick that he's missing? Like if he misses a throwaway kick at the end, does that matter or does it have to be a critical miss at the end? What do you think goes through the special teams coordinator's mind?
0: Yeah, I think there's definitely weight of, of kicks. You know, an extra point where you need it to tie, or or a field goal you need it to win. Those are definitely more important, and and there's more pressure on the coaching staff, more pressure on the general manager when when those when those uh, kickers miss those types of kicks. So you know, hopefully uh, he's the kicker for the rest of the year, uh, and he you know sort of gets his act together and, and doesn't miss anymore. That that would that would be very nice. Uh, Vikings fans have to deal with. Uh, some struggling kickers the last couple of years, and it's unnerving. It's 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 one of those things that you don't really think about until you and, and when you have a good one, uh, until you have a bad one. And uh, so I, I I got a lot of trust and faith in Forbath. I think he's a good kicker. He's been a little inconsistent uh, lately, and then maybe tonight he'll he'll hit a game winner and get back on track.
1: Yeah, and he has only missed one field goal with the Vikings. Let's keep that in mind. It's been the extra points where he struggled more. Uh, might be a good opportunity for him to get back on track. A tough environment to kick in at Soldier Field, especially if it's windy. It is the Windy City, after all. And that'll start tonight at about 7.15, I believe, on ESPN, the big stage. Full breakdown of that game uh, tomorrow and Wednesday with Sage Rosenfels, who will rejoin us then. Enjoy watching the game tonight.
0: Sounds good. Go Vikings.
1: All right. He's Sage Rosenfels, at rosenfels 18 on Twitter. I'm on Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom. Follow for live updates, this episode has been brought to you by MyBookie.ag, where you can get into all the action, and they will match your initial deposit up to one hundred percent with the promo code Locked On. the list. Hey, sports fans. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves podcast on the Locked On NBA network. The Wolves might be in the middle of what's turned out to be a pretty miserable season, but there's still plenty to talk about. From the aftermath of the trade deadline to looking ahead at what moves Gerson Rosas and the front office might be planning for the summer to the possibility that all-star snub Carl Anthony Towns could go off on any given night, it's still going to be a fun spring. Tune into Locked On Wolves daily Monday through Friday. I'm Ben Beacon with Locked On Wolves, and we'll catch you next time.